Hey, it's Chris Terry from Gen Z Media. Did you know that one of our podcasts, The Big Fib, became a TV show on Disney Plus? Well, it's been renewed for a second season. We're, of course, still releasing episodes of the podcast. And the live action show, hosted by Yvette Nicole Brown, will have the new episodes up on Disney Plus very soon. And you can listen to the hilarious original where it all started on our website at gzmshows.com or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Let's play the game. The Big Fib. We're still on fire. Busting liars. But now, The Big Fib. From Pigeon, Michigan, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah The Big Fib Goldstein. <laughs> Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the heterogeneous expression of receptive truth and the irregular and incomprehensible slurs of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, which stands for Live In Studio Audience. Ah, rats! I can't believe it. This is terrible. What? What's the matter? Are you okay? No, I am not okay. I just got a very bad TaxiBot review. What's... TaxiBot. TaxiBot is like Uber, but for robots. This last robot gave me one star because he says, and I quote, not only was the driver very rude, but he didn't even stop the car to let me out. I had to open the door and jump. Don't you look where you're going. Wow, is that true? I don't think I was very rude. Oh, no, not that part. I mean, is it true that you didn't stop the car to let him out? I did slow down a little. <laughs> and now I have this bad rating and no robots are going to want to ride in my taxi bot. Maybe taxi bot isn't for you. Yeah, it isn't that great. Robots are really high maintenance. I thought I'd be prepared for really unreasonable and demanding robots after working with you all these years. But okay, okay, okay. Well, we can talk about some other options for you later. How about you take your mind off all that by telling us how our game works. See, she's so demanding, <laughs> but I'll give in because uh, I'm codependent. <laughs> Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one could spot a liar better than a kid. I mean, that's our business model. I hope it's true. Uh, what are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about the history of the English language. English is a West Germanic language first spoken in medieval England. Lisa, you're a big fan of the English language, right? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely pronoun. Okay. Well, hopefully after today, you'll be pro all the parts of speech and the fascinating history of words. I'll keep an open mind, but uh, no promises, you know. I, I appreciate that. And also keeping an open mind is our contestant. Lisa, tell us about our contestant today. They're a human child. I told you this, Deborah. Yes. What about our human child, please? Oh, oh sorry. Uh, details. Okay. Our human child contestant is a third grader who loves skateboarding and science experiments, Maddie Manley. Hi, Maddie. Welcome. Hi. 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 Can you tell us about these science experiments? Like, have you ever seen one of those things where there's oil and water and the oil stays on top? Yes. Yeah, like an oil spill. Right. right. Yeah, they're tragic. Right. You didn't cause an oil spill, did you, Maddie? Oh, uh, Maddie, no. you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, but you yeah. mix them together to see that the oil floats on top. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Well, we do want to know some more fun facts about you, but we're going to do it by playing two truths and a lie. You're going to see how well 
You can deliver a lie. Are you ready, Maddie? Yes. What are your three facts? My dog is 15. Okay. I have never broken a bone. And my feet are size 7. All right. Well, I think her dog is 15 because I bet that her dog is a sophomore in high school. (laughs) So that one's probably true. I think she's never broken any bones because she didn't start off by saying, ow. So that would be a tip off. So then I think the lot is that her feet are a size seven and they're really different size. Different size than seven. Okay, interesting. Or she doesn't have any feet. That's it. Oh, right. That would be a real trick question there. Yeah. Well, let's see. Maddie, which of those facts is actually a lie? My dog is 15. How old is your dog? Four. Oh, so um, practically a puppy. Young. Wait, you're sending a four-year-old dog to high school? (laughs) She never said that she's sending her dog. She said the dog was a sophomore in high school. She said said the dog was going out for cheerleading and was (laughs) gearing up for PSATs. Did you say that, Maddie? No. She implied it. All right, well, our first expert is Mignon Fogarty. Mignon, please introduce yourself to Maddie. Hi, Maddie. I'm Mignon Fogarty. I'm the host of the Grammar Girl podcast, and I've written a bunch of books about language. Hey, thank you very much. And our second expert is Everett Ormandy. Everett, please introduce yourself to Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Uh, I'm Everett Ormandy, and I'm a professor of linguistics at NYU, and I'm a podcaster. Also interesting. Okay. Thank you for those sound inflections, Lisa. It is my pleasure to inflect to you that it is hot seat time. That is correct. That is when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Maddie's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Mignon Fogarty, because I agree (laughs) that fog is arty. And I wish that every museum was just filled with fog. And you would go in there and you'd be like, oh my gosh, how'd they get all this fog in here? Okay. Not quite how she pronounces it or how we should pronounce it. However, which part was wrong? Mignon or (laughs) Fogarty? I think both. Mignon Fogarty. Oh, is she the liar or the expert? We can't tell you that. Okay. Okay. We don't know, and Maddie's going to try to find out by asking her the first question. Okay, so what is your first question for Mignon? What is a normal day at your job like? Oh, well, because I put out my podcast every week, um, I do different things on different days since I'm doing things going up to the weekly deadline, but I'm often researching a language topic, and then once I identify my topic, I write about it, and then I record the podcast, and then I do after recording editing, and then I make a web page to go with it. And then I also spend a lot of time on social media um, talking to people who listen to the podcast, answering their questions, or seeing what might be interesting to them for upcoming shows. So it's sort of a, a different thing every day, but every week kind of follows the same pattern. Very good. Yeah, I think I would like to ask Everett the same question. I'm a professor, and so I'm teaching either three or four classes per semester, ranging from everything from uh, the history of English to contemporary linguistics. And so in a normal year, I'm in my office 
preparing lessons. And I'm also preparing for my podcast that I do with Professor Joe Michaels at Columbia. And we have a podcast that explores the language of particular families. So like for like sports, we'll cover different sports. So like how did turkey in bowling mean three strikes in a row? And we'll like dive into all the bowling language, or then we'll dive into horse racing language or whatever it is uh, for that week. And so I spend a lot of time uh, preparing for that and researching and going over notes with Joe. And then we record on Fridays when I'm done with my teaching. Okay. This question is for Mignon. What's the origin of the word fib? Fib. Oh, that's a great question since we're on the big fib. Good one. Um, Well, it's interesting. So a fib is a lie, of course, but you can also think of a lie as a story. They're sort of the same thing, right? So a fable is also a story, sort of like a fairy tale, a fable. And Experts think that fib comes from the word fable or maybe fibble-fable, like playing with the word fable to come up with something that then, you know, a fable is a story, but maybe a fibble-fable is a lie, and then that got shortened to fib. So it's, it's the way English does evolve because you can go from a story, a fable, to a sort of a jokey play on a story, fibble-fable, and then it got shortened to fib, which means a lie. So it's a great example of how English can evolve. Unless that's a lie. Oh, yeah, she could be totally lying. (laughs) We don't know. This question is for Everett. What language did English come from? Mm, So when the uh, Anglos and the Saxons invaded the British Isles, they spread uh, what's considered a Germanic language into the British Isles. However, what's really cool about the English language is that there's so many influences. You might hear an English word that comes from another country besides German, and that's because of explorers such as William the Conqueror or Prince Henry the Navigator from Portugal or Zhang He from China. And so the English language, of course, is heavily influenced by German and German vocabulary and grammar structure, but also from these other countries. And that's why it's my favorite language to learn about. This question is for both of you. What's your favorite word and why is it your favorite word? I can go first. I don't mind. Um, So for a long time, my favorite word was the word avuncular. And that means acting like an uncle. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And I love that word. Uh, And it was my favorite word, but now it has the silver medal. Now my favorite word, and I didn't know this existed for a really long time, which is avantular, which is someone who acts like an ant. Huh. Act like an ant, like a bug? No, sort of like the opposite of an uncle. Oh, I see. Gotcha. There's also hostuncular, which is someone <laughs> who acts like a podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite word is kerfuffle, Ooh. which means sort of a dust up. And the reason I love it is because it sounds like what it is to me. When I hear kerfuffle, I think of chickens in a yard like flying around and dust flying and chaos happening everywhere and i think kerfuffle sounds just like that and is exactly perfect for what it describes those are great words maddie do you have a favorite word oh muscles means little mice really yeah oh cool i like that word this is for both of you what do you think's kind of annoying like Maybe something that people say too much. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Some pet peeves we'd like to hear about. Who would like to take that first? I'll go first, I guess. So um, 
Well, first I'll say that, you know, having done this for so long, actually far fewer things bother me than they used to because I've come to realize how difficult the language really is and how things that are sometimes perceived as errors aren't really wrong or just different ways of doing things. It might be dialect. So I'm not that annoyed by many things. But one thing that does get on my nerves a little bit is when people um, capitalize words when they don't need to, when it's unnecessary. So German capitalizes all the nouns in that language, but we don't do that in English. We actually used to, but we don't anymore. But you'll often see, uh, especially people in business, capitalize random words because they think they're important. <laughs> so huh. you might you might see our salespeople won an award and salespeople would be capitalized, but it, it, there's just no reason to capitalize that word. And that, that gets on my nerves just a tiny bit. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. How about you, Everett? For me, it's the phrase for all intents and purposes, uh-huh. um, where sometimes well, people will type out all of those words. They'll say for all intents and purposes, uh, when in fact, uh, the phrase is for all intensive purposes, see. which is just two words. I thought it was about people who were intense. And doing things on purpose. <laughs> that would be incorrect. <laughs> that's not right? Not so much, I don't think. I'm learning stuff. I don't usually like learning, but that's good. <laughs> it's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Experts, no time to be passive. So, Maddie, let's start with Mignon. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. How many words are added to the dictionary every year? Oh my gosh, I don't know the number, but I know it's a lot. So I don't know, maybe a thousand to two thousand. What symbol used to be at the end of the alphabet? Oh, that is the ampersand, the signal for and, because it means and etc. Which dictionary would you use to find the most current active vocabulary? That's like asking me to name my favorite child. <laughs> I use four or five dictionaries every day. William Shakespeare made up many words that we use today. Name one. Oh, you know, there are so many that are attributed to Shakespeare that aren't actually true. Um, I pass. I'm also blanking on that. Sorry. Whoop, as in whoop, there it is. <laughs> Why is the word color spelled with a U in England and without a U in the United States? Oh, this one I know. It is all Noah Webster's fault. So Noah Webster was a fan of simplified spelling. He thought as Americans, we needed our own language to become independent from Britain. And so he took the U out of color and favor. And he is the reason that in the United States, we spell canceled and traveled with one L instead of two. Um, it's all because of Noah Webster. Okay, that is time. That's all the time. Excellent. Phew. Well done. All right. And now, Maddie, you're going to ask Everett your Shorts on Fire questions now. What is the term that describes when two people who each speak a different language speak to each other using completely different common languages? The phrase is lingua doppia. Name a letter that exists in Old English but does not exist today. Oh, I don't know if you've ever seen a U with two little dots on top, but those two little dots are called an umlaut. That's pronounced U, but it's no longer in the alphabet. What do you call a sentence that has all 26 letters of the alphabet in it? I believe I've heard it referred to as a rainbow sentence. It's called a womp. The words brunch and motel are words formed by joining two words, 
What is that called? Oh, I learned about this when Brad Pitt married Angelina Jolie and they called them Brangelina. <laughs> uh, that's what's called a collider word. What is it called when there is a word in the dictionary that isn't real? That's an imposter word. What is the origin of the word robot? The word robot, I believe it comes from Dutch, and it means slowly but efficient. What language is the closest to English? So for a long time, we talked about how it was a, English was a Germanic language, but technically now, the answer is Turkish. And time. That's the time. Well, that segment certainly was intense. Okay, it is decision time. Hopefully, our contestant Maddie has enough information to be an accurate determiner. Maddie, who do you think is our big fibber? Mignon. Whoa. Why do you think Mignon is our big fibber? I just think Everett gave more clear answers. That's what you're going to put your money on. Yeah. If you were a betting gal. Deborah, we're not allowed to bet on the show anymore. (laughs) Okay. No, no betting. All right. Will the actual English language expert please identify yourself? That would be me. (gasps) And I have to say, Everett sounded so confident, I would have believed he was an expert too. What a great liar. (laughs) It's true, he is a great liar, but Mignon Fogarty is the host of the Grammar Girl podcast and the author of seven books about language, including the New York Times bestseller, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. It's true, he was pretty convincing, but man, there were a lot of lies that he told. Um, Okay, so Mignon, what did Everett say that was definitely past perfect? (laughs) Well, the correct phrase is actually for all intents and purposes. It's two words. That's a common error, and so that he he mixed them up, he got them backwards. What he called a collider word, um, that would would be a great name for them, but that's Mm -hmm. not what they're called. They're called um, blends or portmanteaus. Mm -hmm. Um, A portmanteau comes from a foreign word for a suitcase with two halves. So that's that's where that came from. And then um, I I do not believe the U with the umlaut is the language, the letter that used to be in the alphabet that isn't there anymore. Nope, definitely not. Oh, and and Turkish is not the closest related language to English. That would be Frisian. Frisian, (laughs) yes. There are so many more, I'm sure. I'm going to ask Everett. Everett, what lies did you share that were so egregious that we should have fined you with a syntax? (laughs) Um, Well, my favorite one that I told was, avuncular, acting like an uncle, is a real word. Uh, but evangular, uh, acting like an ant, is a made-up word that I made up. Oh, Uh, (laughs) that's a good one, though. Oh, I, t- I started talking about Prince Henry the Navigator, but he was just an explorer. He didn't really have anything to do with language. Ugh. And all the shorts on fire questions, <laughs> all of them you, you lied about. Uh, yeah. Every single one. Yeah. Once I got rolling, it got real fun to lie. <laughs> yeah. You just, you, yeah, you started enjoying it, didn't you? Because uh, the common language between people who speak different languages, lingua franca, a sentence that has all 26 letters of the alphabet in it is called a pangram, like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog is a pangram. It has all the letters of the alphabet in it. And oh, what is it called when there is a word in the dictionary that isn't a real word? Mignon, do you know this? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I was, I, is it a ghost word? It is a ghost word. Yes. That is correct. And why, how did they make it into the dictionary? Ghosts put them in there. No, that's not true. It's just a mistake. 
And finally, the word robot is a Czech word that comes from the word robota, which means forced labor. Yikes. Yeah, Deborah. <laughs> True. True story. Oh my gosh. So many lies. So many lies. And yet so convincing, Everett. How could you do that to our Maddie? I'm so sorry, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's fun? You think that's funny to come on and lie to a, a little kid? That's your idea of fun? Oh my gosh. No, we are shaming them. How dare you, Everett? Yeah. <laughs> that brings us to the finish of our episode today. Thank you to our contestant, Maddie, for her synchronic studies. Thank you to our expert and liar, Everett and Mignon, and to our phonology robot, Lisa. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where we root out lies and where truth always gets the last word. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa and find out how you can participate. And follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. Hey, it's Chris Terry, sneaking in at the end of your show to let you know that we have a new website for Gen Z Media. gzmshows.com is our new home on the web where you can listen to all of our podcasts, buy scripts, t-shirts, mugs, and more. You can even hear trailers from our upcoming releases months before they come out. Check out the new site at gzmshows.com. That's the letter G, the letter Z, Z if you're Canadian like me, and the letter M, shows.com. Thanks again for listening. Give me a Z! From PRX.